Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. About to go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? I'm ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, camera yeah, guys? Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. Listen free to Hot Boxing, exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. If you love the show, share it with a friend, and don't forget to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Off Hot the Boxing. Hook. Off the fucking so cool. hook, baby. Be so cool. I'm Evan Britton. <laughs> I'm Mike Tyson. And Mike, we've got the champ, Evander Holyfield, Go in the house. Go for it. Five-time champ, heavyweight champ. Unbelievable. Man, the real deal, Holyfield, brother. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. What you doing in town, man? <laughs> well, you're down here for this, about cancer, but oh, cancer survivor. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. An event? Yes. Awesome. Evan, ask him some questions, man. I, I just want to first start it off with, I think it's awesome that you guys have this relationship that you have. You know, the battles that you've been through. It's like Clash of the Titans with you guys, man. And talk about a little bit about what you're, how you got to this point of being friends after some of the, the viciousness that you guys went through and put each other through. I don't know. Um, how do you how do you explain it? You know, we've known each other for a long since we were kids. Oh wow! You know, and I remember. Let's just start from the beginning. Yeah, let's start from the time. beginning. Let's just start from the fucking beginning. Let's this is gonna start. be awesome, right? You know, um, I started doing the amateur boxing in 1980. I won the national junior Olympics. Then in '81, I won them again. I guess in then '82, I won the national. Junior Nationals again and stuff, and then I went, I guess, to Ohio Fair, but and I, and I, but no, I fought in some other championships too. And I met these guys. I met guys from all over. I met Todd Hickman. I met um, Ricky Womack. I met I met all these guys. Frank Take. I met all these other amazing fighters from different parts of the country, and they were always successful fighters. The best fighters we always know when they enter the tournament, they were going to win this and that, and we were all winning. Then one day. Um, I came to the Ohio State Fair to fight in that championship. And then everybody said, um, Ricky Womack lost. Frank Take lost. And everybody was like, who? Who beat them? Who fucking beat them? I don't know. Some guy named Holly Fee, Holy. I don't know his name. Holly Fee, Holly. I don't know his name. They never said his first name. But Holly Fee, Holy. Who the fuck is that? You know, so that was the word going around. So that's how I first um, became aware of him. How old were you? I was 16. Wow. When you first heard the name. Yeah. How old were you then? Well, I was I was 20. Oh, wow. Because I hadn't made you the Pan-American game yet. That's amazing. Where did you grow up, Evander? I grew up in Atlanta. Grew up in Atlanta. Yes. And when did you start boxing? Started at eight years old. I coming in from the football field. And, oh, wow. And I wanted to hit the speed bag. But the man said, you got to be on the boxing team. I said, well, I want to be on the boxing team. He said, nope. And it's, for four days, he kept saying no. Then on 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 that Friday, and I, I looked at him. He looked at me and just shook his head, and I ran up there anyway. And he, he let me in, and he told me 
I don't want you to hit the speed bag. I want you to hit the heavy bag. So I hit it with all that I can, and I knocked the skin off my knuckle. And he started laughing. When he started laughing, I just kept hitting it like this. And he said, you're good. <laughs> I, said, I said, well, thank you. He said, do you know you could be like Muhammad Ali? Wow. I said, I'm only eight years old. He said, you won't always be eight. <laughs> and when he said that, I knew next week I was going to be I'm going to be nine. So I believed him. <laughs> so he asked me, what did I think? I told him I had to ask my mama. And he said, what? I said, I got to ask my mama. And he said, you know, you got a good mama. And you know, me as a kid, I was like, this man don't know my mama. But, you know, of course he was thinking because he was thinking about because I told him I had to ask my mama. So he told me, he said, Go ask that good mama that you got and see what she say. So I went home and I asked my mama. But my brothers and sisters were sitting there in the front room. They were asking me, where you going to ask mama? I didn't want them to know. Cause every time my mama said I could be something, my brothers and sisters said, she only saying that because she mom. So I don't, I don't want them to know. So they tried to grab me. Now, pull away from it, and I go in there, and my mama eating at the table. And uh, I said, Mama. And so, you know, I was like, so my brother and sister looking over there, they trying to look at my lips because they want to try to read, hear what I'm saying since I'm in trouble because they know as I'm in trouble, they going to get in trouble too. I said, Mama, she's, she's what? I said, the white man at the boys club said I could be like Muhammad Ali. And my mom said, what? And, and so when she get that look in her eye, she getting ready to swing. <laughs> so I know that look in her eye, so I back back a little bit because I know she getting ready to swing at the head. And so and my mom said, do you know what they're going to do to you? And I said, well, no. She said, they're going to hit you. When she said that, I looked at her. And I start laughing. I get three whoopings a day. <laughs> All my brothers and sisters get a chance to hit me. I can't even hit them back. So my mom said, well, well, you can't hit them back. Like that, and she told me I can get on the boxing team. I go in, in the bathroom. I looked at the mirror and say, Evander Holyfield, the heavyweight champion of the world. It didn't sound good, but I said it. I kept saying it every time I, I go to the bathroom. I like this because I really want to make my mama proud. And so I go back and tell Mr. Morgan, my mama said I could be the heavyweight champion of the world. And he looked and said, what? I said, my mama said I could be the heavyweight champion of the world. Now, I'm thinking this overnight. And he says, he says son, sit down. Let me tell you this. He said, no. He said, no. I don't have that much time because he was 60 years old. <laughs> so, who was 60? Uh, uh, Mr. Morgan. And he said, I ain't got that much time. He said, uh, all right. He said, look. He said, let me explain something to you. And he said, no. Do you know what a fantasy is? I said, no. I said, no. He said, because right. said, I got to know. He because I ain't got that much time. He said, no. This is what you, what a fantasy is. A fantasy when you want to do something, but you ain't willing to work at it. 
And I said, okay. He said, oh, so is this a fantasy or a goal? He said, because I ain't got that much time. I said, well, a goal? He said, okay, then. You fight tomorrow. <laughs> I said, we ain't my practice. He said, we fight tomorrow. I said, yes, sir. The next day, he put me on the gloves and stuff. And like that, he said, see that kid right there? I said, yes, sir. He said, when the bell rang, I want you to run out there as fast as you can and hit him in the nose. And I said, okay. So I look at the, the kid, and that coach told him to run over and hit me in the nose. The bell rang. I run out there, and the other kid run out there. So the white kid got close to me, and he closed his eyes. I didn't close my eyes. I hit him red in the nose, and he started crying. He said, oh, God, <laughs> and, and started crying, and the referee stopped the fight. And Mr. Morgan get caught up in the ropes trying to get in there, and he get through, and he said, do you know what you've done? I said, you told me to hit him in the nose. <laughs> he said, yeah, you took your first step in being the heavyweight champ of the world. Like this, and... Wow. And they give me this trophy. So when I come home with that and I I show the trophy to my mama, and my mama put that smile on her face and she put it on the shelf. Everybody that came in the house would say, Miss Holyfield, who is the boxer? And she would look and she would smile and say, That little one right there. They say he lived. My mama said, But he can fight. And <laughs> That started off. Then all of a sudden, I went another trophy and another trophy. And, and I, my mama liked trophies. So I finally felt like I was a part of the family because I could do something real well. Talk about your tournaments. When's your first tournament? Well, uh, you know, of course, you know, and from that point on, I, I ran by four or five fights and then, all of a sudden, I get, I get, I get twelve, and and this Junior Olympic time. Mm. That now I'm fighting kids all over the state of Georgia. And That's fun though. You see so many fighters you never knew existed, right? Right. You're, then you know you had, and everybody's talking. That's such and such. That's such and such. That's such and such. I saw him win the nationals twice. I saw him win the world tournament. I saw him win the Olympic. And everybody names going. Everybody's wearing that the the the, the, the um, badges that they won at tournaments. And you fucking you oh yeah. fuck the it's champion real, of the world. Man. He's just a kid. He's the best fighter in the world. Everybody's losing their mind. Hi, I'm Daniel LaRue of the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I'm taking the Milwaukee Bucks over the Atlanta Hawks in their Game 4 on Tuesday. BetOnline has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit BetOnline.net today. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit LiveXLive.com or search LiveXLive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. Yeah, so he, so here it is. In my first loss, I'm like, I fight this this kid now. My my brother had told me white boys couldn't fight. <laughs> and I and I thought he was telling the truth because cause 
all the white boys I fight, they say, oh, God. And, and, and they like this. But all of a sudden, my coach, Mr. Morgan, who white, told me, he said, are you afraid of this kid here? And I looked at him. You know, this kid was different from the other white kids because he didn't have no velvet trunks on, and he didn't have his initials, and his mom and dad went with it. And this hair was long. And the other, the other kids, all these other kids had had the had the the, the short hair. And uh, all of a sudden, Mr. Morgan asked me now. I said no, because I looked at him because he's white. Now, wow, regardless to how you look, he's <laughs> still white. So I, that's what my thinking was. Then all of a sudden. The bell rung. Mr. Martin said, hit him in the nose. Boy, I hit this boy red in the nose, and he hit me back. Yeah, and that's for, interesting feeling, huh? But so the, for the whole the whole time, me and him were toe-to-toe, and, and the bell rung. That's my first time ever hitting the bell rung. Now, they used to call me one-punch one Holyfield because I, I just stopped all the, all the other fighters. I stopped them. Now, all of a sudden, I go back to the corner, and Mr. Martin said, what's wrong? I said, he hit me back. He said, welcome to boxing. And so all of a sudden, go out that second round. Me and this guy, go, we go toe-to-toe for a minute and a half like this. And Mr. Mark said, what's wrong? I said, he hit me in the stomach. He said, hit him back in the stomach. Then all of a sudden, the third round, the bell rung. Mr. Mark said, you got to go back out and see who won. He said, the winner, Cecil Collins. And everything just went quiet. Man, and I started crying and started, I started hollering and told him, told Mr. Morgan, I didn't like him no more. I told him, I quit. He, like this, and so I was crying and they were trying to get me to be quiet. I'm like, man, I was so mad. Now, all of a sudden, I told Mr. Morgan I ain't like him no more and all this. And I quit boxing, and I go home, and I tell my mama, and my mama say, she didn't raise a quarter. So I, what that means, she said, you going back? And she said, I don't care how many times you're losing, you're going back. You don't quit. And so come Monday, I went back. And Mr. Morgan asked me, so why are you doing here? I said, my mama said I had to come back. He looked at me. Did I not tell you you had a good mama? So I'm mad even more because I don't want to box anymore. And so Mr. Morgan asked me, he said, why were you so crying and angry? I said, because you told me I could be the heavyweight champ of the world. He said, well, you can still be the heavyweight champ of the world. I said, I lost. He said, son, you didn't lose. I said, they gave him the trophy. And he said, yeah, because he got the decision. He said, and I said, well, did I mean I lost? He said, no, you did not lose. I said, then, why they didn't give me the trophy? It's because you didn't get the decision. I said, what did I mean I lost? He said, no, you lose when you quit, when you ain't no box no more. When you change your mind, you ain't no box no more. That means that you lost because you quit. If you don't quit. you eventually going to be the champion. It's not time for you to be the heavyweight champion of the world now today. <laughs> like, but but I thought that Ali was undefeated. I thought that's the only way you could be. 
He said, it ain't time yet. If you don't change your mind, you're going to become the heavyweight champion of the world. So all of a sudden, I, I go, and so it built my confidence up. So I'm going to have to fight this white kid again. And I fight him, and he beat me again. And I start crying, start crying. So I realized that if I tell my mama, she's going she gonna to make me go back. So I figured I'd make a sacrifice. I won't eat today, and uh, my mom won't ask me no question. So I come home, and I take a shower and just get in the bed, and I hear my mama ask my brother, where Chubby at? Is your name Chubby? Yeah. <laughs> that was my nickname, with Chubby. Oh and, so, and so and my brother said, he don't feel good. And I knew that's the wrong answer. Because who going to tell a good mama that the kid don't feel good and she's not going to go in there? Right. I hear her walking, boom, 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 boom. So I act like I was asleep. <laughs> and she turned on the light, and, she's, and I know she had to be holding her hand on her hips. And she's just looking. And I'm wondering, when is she going to leave? <laughs> My eyes started blinking, and she said, boy, you don't open them eyes, I knock them eyes in your head. I opened my eyes. I said, ma'am, she said, what's wrong with you? I said, I just don't feel good, mama. She said, you know that's not the answer. And she put her hand on her hips, and she said, who won that fight? Oh, no. When she said that, I realized that, you know, if you lie to my mama, it ain't over then. Whenever she find out the truth, you get into whooping. So I found that I already lost one shot. So I ain't no sense again to whoop again. So I told the truth. I lost. She said, well, okay then. You know you got to go back, don't you? I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I realized I got out that bed and went on in to eat. Because <laughs> my mama found out that yeah. that that. that that I, I, that's the only reason why I wasn't going to eat because I ain't wanted to tell her the truth. So I told the truth and I ate. Then all of a sudden, I turned 13, and that's when everything changed. What happened? Because what happened when I turned 13, the guy Cecil Collin, I was looking for Cecil Collin because whatever Cecil Collin weighed, I wasn't going to weigh the same thing. Hmm. So... You know, we used to fight at 100 pounds. So I brought a five-pound weight with me because I wasn't going to fight Cecil Collins because he the only white boy that could beat me. Now, all the other white boys can't beat me. Now, Cecil Collins can, but nobody else. Now, I'm going to dance around Cecil Collins. So I bring this five-pound weight. So I had four of my friends who got on the boxing team because – they know whoever win, who win the tournament, get to go out of town. And so this is going to be our first time standing in a motel. So they told us what we're going to do. Yeah, exciting. it's really exciting. Oh, shoot, man. That's Every, super exciting. Everybody jumped in there. So all my friends, ain't, they ain't fought yet. They, they don't know that white boys can fight. So they don't know that. So 
we we go we go to the tournaments and they go in the way in and they see all white boys. All of a sudden, they say, Holy field, we know we gonna beat these white boys. <laughs> I zipped it up. So I ain't said nothing. They say, Man, these white boys, you know they can't fight. I ain't said nothing because I know if I said someone can, they're going to say, how you know? So then they're going to know somebody beat me. So I ain't said nothing. So we all win the first night, the second night, and the third night. (laughs) So all of a sudden, we came to the final. We said we had to fight two times in one day. I remember we used to do that Mm. twice a day. Three-round fights? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, and so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, come that evening, the first guy lose, the second guy lose, the third guy lose, the fourth guy lose. So I was the last one. They say, Evander, we had cramps. I said, well, I ain't got no cramps. <laughs> they said, you still going to lose? I said, no, man, I would lose, but my mama going to get me. So your mama was the excuse. <laughs> I said, my mama said, if I'd be the only one to show up, then I have to do it, man. They said, well, you're going to lose anyway. I said, no, I'm not. So they said, you know that guy that sees the column? I said, he didn't show up. Then they said, then, what is his name doing right here? <laughs> I see this kid's name, and I start crying instantly. Uh, uh. I couldn't hold back the tears. <laughs> and then, then they said, see, you crying already. <laughs> so all of a sudden, they followed me to the gloving table. When they get to the gloving table, they see this white kid. They say, you see Sakala? He said, yeah. They said, you beat Holyfield? He said, yeah. You going to beat him again? And he said, yeah. Then they said, I told you you going to lose. And I just started crying right in front of that kid. I start crying, and so the people that ran the, the organization knew who I am, and they told me I ain't got to fight him. And I said, no, my mama going to get me. And they said, they not going to tell me, uh-uh, uh-uh, I'm, you know, now, I can try to whoop Cecil. I can't try to whoop my mama. Yeah. <laughs> so you very, very intimidated of your mother? Oh, shoot, man. Whatever my mama said goes. So you know what? What I did, I prayed. Now, this is how I end up praying for all my whole life because my mama taught me how to pray. And one day, my mama was whooping me, and she <laughs> was whooping me too long. And I called Jesus. And my mama stopped. <laughs> she stopped. And she was so mad and she was, she was, I can feel the heat off her face that she wanted to hit me again, but she didn't hit me. And so, so my mama whooped me again one time and I called Jesus. She stopped again. So I realized I want to win so bad that I didn't care. And I just said, saying, please, Jesus, help me. And my friends them started laughing at me. He said, he called it Jesus. And, and they laughed at me all the way up to the ring like this. And Mr. Morgan, my coach, didn't say nothing. He said, now, you know if you cry, they're going to stop the fight. Just do your best. 
And I went out there, and I beat him. For the first time, huh? My first time. Wow. And from that point on, I prayed every fight. Like that. I lost now another time, but. That's amazing. When did you meet me? Do you remember when we met you? I met you in 84. 84. 84. (laughs) 84. Wow. We both on the losing squad, man. What? On the squad. Where were you guys? In the Olympic trials. Olympic trials? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And the first time you guys fought was that first fight? 90... Yeah, in 96. 96? 96? Yeah. yeah. That was your first fight ever. And we, we, we sparred. We sparred one yeah. or two rounds. Yeah. Okay, so you knew each other. Yeah. Well, I watched the first fight. This past week, I watched it. And, no, no, uh, but before that, we got to talk yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, go more. Um, we at the Olympic trials. We No, we're not at the trials no more. We had um, the Olympics because we're he, – he won. He beat the guy that beat him twice, so he's on the Olympic team now, mm. right? So um, I'm watching the fight, and I'm watching him fight. Um, I think it's Ken Berry. Kevin Berry, yeah. Ken Berry, so I'm watching him fight. I'm watching him kick the other couple of guys' asses before he got to that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we say, fuck yeah, right? And so when he fought Barry and then the bell said, bing, he hit them, boom. He knocked them. The guy didn't, the guy was already beaten. He didn't really win. That was just a God blessing that he got, that Van to hit him. And um, for him it was. And then I was, what was I doing? I was walking somewhere and I had some girls with me. And I heard somebody say, hey, Mike. And it was him. He was walking down the street. And I just saw him lose the fight by himself. And then we went to that. We went to a restaurant. Yep. What'd you guys do? Just sit down. Just chill. Talking about our fucking fights. And he, I remember him saying this. He said, fuck, I can't get my Riviera now. I lost. I can't get my Riviera. I guess somebody promised him if you won the Olympics, I'll get you this car. And he said, fuck, I can't get my car now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ken Sanders. And then my, my, the promoter that, that were going to promote me, he had a car dealership. Yeah. Period. Oh wow! And now I think of it now. I mean, we had so much, so many cars since then. And that time, that was just so important to him. He couldn't get a fucking Riviera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't even give a Riviera to a gift for somebody. <laughs> but back then, it was so important. A yeah. Riviera, Riviera, fucking yeah. That's so funny. So, how did you guys feel when the fight? Got put together. How did that come about? No, we had we had the fight before and it got postponed. Oh, really? Ninety one, I guess it was, right? Yeah, nineteen ninety one. Yeah, ninety one. How did you guys feel? How did you feel, Mike? Because you knew him and you guys were had been close and you probably had a lot of respect for him. This is interesting to discuss that. See, at first, when we first was going to fight, he was champion. Yeah, he was champion. Mm. And then when I went to prison and came back. I won the title. Then now I, I was the champion. He was um, trying to regain the championship. In 96? Yeah. Yeah. So how did you feel about that, Evander? Well, it was, it was just, actually, it showed me, you know, because me and, me and Red Bo, me and Red mm-hmm. Bo fought the fight. And I had hepatitis. And, and What's they, that? I had, I ate some, some some bad seafood, and and this stuff like it can almost kill you. Yeah. And so your energy up, then it drops it up, and it drops like this. But 
They told me to pull out, mm. but I realized I'm not getting ready to miss this $9 million. <laughs> I'm getting $9 million. And I don't train. I, I had already been training. I had trained 10 weeks already. So I got three more weeks. And I told him, I said, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pulling out. And, and the doctor told me, he said, Evan, I advise you. He said, your stomach ain't going to mess your stomach up. I didn't care. Ready to can fight, too. Yeah. And God, dog. <laughs> I had him. Then all of a sudden, my energies had left. I knocked him down. I couldn't finish him. Uh-huh. And the next round, he catching and catch me in a shot, hit me in the back of the head, and like that. And they start to fight. Now, to see him jump around the ring happy and all this and stuff, and I was like, I was just glad the fight was over. Mm. And I knew that life about recovering. And so so I think my next fight, I, I fight a Bobby Chess. Mm. And so Bobby Chess was the first guy that I fought that I was bigger than. Mm. So... Everybody expected me to knock him out cold. And but Bobby Chess put up a fight that was tough. Then but Bobby Chess went back to the corner and said his back were hurt. And then his corner people told him, No, you got something in your eyes. <laughs> and, and so and he goes along with the story that he got something in the eyes, so they they stopped the fight and they Tuck my gloves and all the on the check, make sure I ain't got no ointment that I put in in the thing. But they they called it on the on the television that he said his back was hurting, and the guy told him he had something in his eye. Then after that, I said, then I get a call saying that that they a uh, discussion. They want me to come to counter for discussion to fight Mike Tyson. Darren King was saying. Evander got one feet in the graveyard and one on the banana pill. It's impossible for him to win this fight. And so, what a dick. In that process, in that process, and they they were still talking, and then then it looked like the fight getting ready to take place. Then the Christian people start protesting. Say, you know, Evander Holyfield got a bad heart and all this and stuff like that. They were protesting so much. So they told Don King, you got to send him to the Mayo Clinic because they didn't want a Muslim to be a Christian. Oh. And so, so crazy. So they made, and the Mayo Clinic came back and said, if that's anybody that can live to 100 years old, our money is on Evander Holyfield. He have no contusions or nothing. He said, he, he, we know he get hit, but ain't nothing showing that anything, no kind of effect on him. And so Don King running back with that, that letter, showing everybody, I got it, I got it. <laughs> and so it just showed that I was in good health. And that's how everything came into that, to the fight being, being made. Wow. How long did it take for, because the hepatitis, you got that taken care of before that all went down. Uh, what was the treatment for that? It wasn't nothing more nothing. than the time. Oh, okay. it's like my own thing is that the, the guy told me, he said, I'm telling, the doctor told me, he said, 
hey, Bander, you don't want to go in like that. Mm. And I started saying, you don't understand, that's $9 million. <laughs> yeah. That's $9 million. I told him, you know, I had never pulled out a fight a day in my life. I had never pulled out a fight. Yeah. And I was like, uh-uh, no. And plus, I had already trained 10 weeks. Mm-hmm. I ain't got them three more weeks. Yeah. And so he was telling me this stuff go mess with me for a whole week. I said, oh, so, but I got two more weeks. To, I got two more weeks for the fight. I, you know, I, this is the way I thought. And, you know, yeah. I had this thing where that I ain't never want to pull out nothing. I, I, you know, I had this thing that I was looking at all the fighters. I said, I want to be the fighter who did everything right. Did everything right. If I did everything right, that's the only thing I can say. I did everything right. I want to do the very best that I could. And shoot. And doing the very best that I could, I got I got toe up that time. And I said, well, I just forgive myself and say, I'd never do that again. I'm yeah. sick again. I'm out of there. Yeah. I'm out of there. Well, that probably just goes back to you being a little kid. You know, and not your mom never letting you quit. Well, yeah, I went. The process was my my mother. My mother said, "Man die only one time. A coward die a thousand times." Oh wow! Stand up, stand up, son. Stand up now. Don't don't let this stuff happen to you. Cause there, I used to run for fights all the time. Mm. So I run real fast. I. I run real fast and I can hit real hard. And so if 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 I hit you and you didn't fall down, I was gonna you ain't gonna catch me. <laughs> I was fast. I was fast. I was a good runner and I can and hit hard. And everybody know if I get one shot on your behind and like this, my, my brother said, if you don't knock him down with that shot, run. <laughs> what did you everybody think? What did you think when we all turned pro in eighty four? And you made and you made that big um, professional debut in um, Madison Square Garden with Mark and everybody, and everybody was winning. And we started getting our cars, and all of a sudden, I got my promotion, and I just started soaring up. Well, you know, the thing is, the thing is, is that it was kind of, it was kind of. What were you thinking with the shit I was saying when well, I? Well, well, you know, my my thinking was my whole thing that everybody had their way of doing things. I'm telling you, you know. You had your way and Mark Breland and everybody else had that way. Now, mine was a little different. Mine was to be quiet. Don't say nothing. My mama says, son, let me tell you something. If you zip it up, you ain't going to have no pressure. Don't let them get you into in their battle. If they get you in that battlefield, they're going to beat you. He said, let them say what they want to say. So I seen, I seen everything Everything come around. He never said nothing bad to me. I said miserable things to him. Never said nothing bad. <laughs> Why were you? Because I, I remember. Because you know, because <laughs> Mike, Mike always said something like Mike. I remember Mike, Mike, Mike said on TV, and he said, he said, well, Evander, he he liked being around white people because white people because he liked for them to tell him what to do, <laughs> like this. And I'm like, and it was a, it was an ABC fight. And he, and he was saying that. So they got me on it. And they asked me, they said, what do you feel about what Mike said? I said, well, you know. I said, you got to understand. I said, Mike younger than me. I said, Mike, Mike really don't know. I said, so I'm not, I ain't got nothing to say about it. <laughs> and they said, what? 
<laughs> but he said this. I said, but Mike don't understand that. I said, it's okay. <laughs> and they go, who told you to say that? I said, I said, my mama said, we don't embarrass each other. Just because somebody else says something bad, you don't do it. I said, I, I, my brothers and sisters used to always say something bad about me. My mama said, don't you let them bring you down that way. I said, so that's the whole thing. So I learned to being able to accept people for who they are. And see, and Mike was the person that I seen work hard. Mike used to hit the heavy bag and for for three whole minutes, he hit that thing as hard as he can, like this and stuff. And I'm like, man, how in the world did he do that? Caden, God, no. I do about a minute and a half or two, and 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 like something standing on my shoulder. And I'm just trying to throw them combinations. But I used to see you work out immensely hard, too. I used to see him at, we used to work out in Texas, Abercrombie, remember that? Yep, yep, yep. In Texas somewhere, out, I mean out of nowhere, Texas. And, man, we, him, Virgil here, they used to be doing sprints just around the whole thing. Man, it must have been a mile, it's one time around there, sprinting all that. He's, mm. he's working hard. It's like a slave camp for gladiators. Yeah. It's working hard. That's all we did was work hard. Just training. It's amazing. Mike, how did you feel when Evander didn't have any reaction to what you were saying? I used to say he's a good guy. I always knew he's a good guy, but yeah. I always wanted to be, I was always ego-driven. Yeah. You know, my world was all about me. Everything that happened was about me, you yeah. know? I needed people around me. I needed to get fucking, you got to obey me, this and that fucking shit. Get my car. I needed that fucking, t- if I didn't have that, I was nothing. Hmm. Um, in other fights with other people, when you would do your talking, would anybody react to that? Or were people kind of scared of what you were saying? Well, I want them to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the game for them to react Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it's interesting Evander's approach. He was like, hey. No, he didn't react. I yeah. want people to react. I wanted to yeah. get in people's head. Yeah, you wanted people to I be like, oh, head. yeah, yeah. And he was a professional. He would never... Yeah, that's no, yeah, actually, my mama, my mama told me, my mama said, let me tell you something. Don't let him get in your head. He said, you zip it up. Is it about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, yeah my, mama, my mama told me, my mama, my, mama, my mama didn't know nothing about boxing. But she said, look, don't let him get in your head and get you to be like him. He wins, he wins the fight if he gets you like him. He said, look. He, he, his job is to get you to act like him, and he gonna win his fight if you get him like this. Mm-hmm. No, you don't get angry. Don't act like you're angry, and don't let him talk you into it. Yeah, no, I think that's a masterful technique, man. Well, it's interesting to me watching Mike's fights, and then watching you guys fight. And most of the fights you've ever been in, Mike, it looked like you just outmatched your opponent with energy and tenacity. But in your guy's fight, Evander was fucking bringing that same energy and intensity. And how did that feel for you as you were preparing for the fight? Because you guys knew each other for so long. And what was your mentality like preparing for that battle? I came out of prison, right? And I beat who I beat. I beat three guys, and then I think I got two belts. I unified the title, and then I guess they stripped me for one of the belts. 
Right. Yeah. WBA, one of them, they stripped me for one. They didn't want me to have all the belts. Listen, man, they hated on me so bad when I first came out because I came out with a fucking a vengeance. I think everybody, everybody with the fault that I went to prison. It was everybody fault I went to fucking prison and everybody treated me bad when I was in prison and talked bad about me and this and that and this and that. So I came out there like I, I need revenge and people have to respect me and all that bullshit, right? So I was in there. I was. I had some. I thought I was mad. I thought I was mad and won this fight. But when the fight started, I hit him in the body. Do you remember? I hit him with a great body punch. I under, uh, and then he came back with some shit. He had kept fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh, shit. And then we were fighting. And um, suddenly I threw a punch in me in the body and I went down. And, then, and when I was down, the referee started counting. I said, you fucking asshole. <laughs> I said, I was young. And then he went back to the corner. And I said, all right, we're fighting. And then we went fighting and fighting. And a couple of stops, he counterpunched me with some shots. I couldn't feel the punch. Boom. I felt my legs were going all over the place. But I wasn't going down. I kept coming back. I wanted to fucking bite him then, right? And I was just, <laughs> 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 we were just fighting and fighting. And the referee stopped the fight. Oh, my God. Evander, how about you? What was your what was your mindset and your game plan going into that? Well, the, the thing is, the thing is that I realized that Mike worked hard, but I started seeing when when Kevin Rooney he got rid of, when they got rid of Kevin Rooney, mm. and so I realized that's when I started realize oh he Norman now. Because Kevin Rooney had him, might will punch, might 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 step off his right foot, and may hit you with something. So they put they put Mike in kind of like a pattern, a one two before he do something, he gonna go this way, then this. And so I so I know what to look for. At first, it was always like you don't know which hand he gonna punch with. He when he started going, he was shifting like this, so. He he can punch off this side and this side, so all of a sudden he got to the punch. He on the punch on this side, and so I knew, okay, he can hit me with this left hook. I can block the left hook and all this, and then if he throw the right hand, it gonna be short because I'm lean. I'm gonna be leaning back, so I knew how to get him. So the whole big thing is to set myself up for the counter shots. Mm. Okay. If he beat me, now if he beat me to the shot, then I knew what he gonna do. Every time he fights somebody, I I never miss not one of Mike fight, cause my mama said you can't wish some people away. If a person is good, you think they just gonna fade out? Uh-uh. My mama said you gonna face him. He gonna always be there, and he was. Wow. And I would go in the fight and I was fighting him. I'm going to punch, boom, and he hit me. I said, how do you do that? <laughs> how the fuck you do that? What happened just now? What did I do to fucking fuck up that he, I got hit like that? You could see in the fight, I mean, you, you you knew your opponent very well, you know. And you could see that you had watched all his fights. So, but one thing that I knew that, that inspired me to be heavyweight is called... If Mike can do it, I can do it. I ain't nowhere in the world. If he can become the heavyweight champion, I can. And my arm's longer than his. Now, Mike going to hit them with big shots. But I I had fast hand, and I'm going to hit them with a lot of shots. Because everybody said, 
what's the difference? I said, well, that's just like George Foreman. They told me he throw boulders. I said, yeah, but I throw a lot of rocks. I'm going to hit him with so many rocks, he ain't going to be able Bro, to throw the big one. like fighting with George, man? Well, I thought, I was, it, 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 he was so much stronger than me. He That must have been crazy, right? Well, yeah. He he took all the shots. I could pull it. And then I hit him eight, one time 18 shots. And he took them. <laughs> <laughs> like this. And I'm like, and everybody said, well, what happened? I said, long as I'm throwing shots, he going to stay cover up. So I ain't got to worry about getting hit with nothing if he stay stay cover up and that's the whole art of the game. If you hit that guy, the other guy gonna go defense. That letting you know that you hitting hard because if you ain't hitting hard, they'll fight with you. So I I was willing to go punch and punch with anybody because I had quicker hand. But only person that could match my speed is Mike. Mm. You have an awesome, you're an awesome counter puncher. You know that counter puncher? Yeah, he's an awesome counter puncher. Probably the best ever. Wow. Incredible counter puncher. That's amazing. How do you train that? Just watching film and understanding what a guy's tendencies are? The thing is that my mom always told me, she said, you don't never know who you are until you get tired. When you get tired, who going who gonna to muster it out? Who willing to go through the unnecessary thing? Your mother was like a, a typical Nuke Rotney or something. Yeah. Right? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> like, totally, like man. Nuke Rotney. You know? We got to do it. We got to fucking do it. But I'm talking about my, my mom was like that with me. She said, boy, stop making up excuses. Right? You know, either, either you're going to fight or you're going to sit down. You know, you know, you know cause mm-hmm. I was the youngest one in the family. Every time I go, my brothers and sisters beat me and everything. That's my so mom stopped complaining. Thing. You know, I know they're reading Alexander the Green and Napoleon. They were afraid of their mothers, too. Yeah. A couple of those big-time guys, they were afraid of their mothers. They strong mothers, man. Yeah, Nero, too. He was afraid of his mother. Wow, that's really interesting. Was there any headbutting in the first fight? Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You were headbutting. Yeah, no, I, did, wasn't I, did, me. I did. I did headbutting. <laughs> my whole thing is that I don't, I don't lean my head for. It's like this. I realize... Every time something happened, it's something my mama don't told me. She said, now. <laughs> mama used to say that. My mama say, you know, when he headbutt me, you know what? My mama say, just smile, act like it didn't hurt. They won't do it again. Mm. But if you show them pain, they will do it again. So you know what? He headbutt me the first time. I just, I just, all right. All right. So everybody said I hit but I said, How in the world are they gonna say I hit butt when you see him jump off the he jump up and and hit butt me. Then he go, Oh, like this and and I'm I'm like I said, I said just common sense. I didn't hit butt him, he hit butt me. Then then Mike then Mike started telling everybody I'm a head butter. Then all of a sudden then all of a sudden the thing come out, Evander's a head butter. I said, I said, this I said, my head hurt too. I just went I was acting like it didn't hurt. Cause my mama told me what gonna happen if you if you give in to that, he gonna do it again. So I I got into it like like okay, yeah. And like this and I said, and it, and it worked. That he ain't head butt me no more. That's that was so an funny. awesome night. That's so funny. But what was I like back then? So what kind of guy was I like? Was I like a tough guy talking shit? Well, you know, <laughs> no, you you were that with everybody else. Now, mm. your other guy was saying that. So when these other guys were saying that, 
And I was like looking. I, Mike ain't said nothing. <laughs> they said it. Then they started saying, you don't want to tell the truth because you don't want Mike to, you don't want Mike to get mad at you. And I said, oh, they trying to get me to talk where Mike can get mad. Because I know what Mike already said because I heard Mike tell people that like, it's hard to be mad with Holyfield because he don't do nothing wrong. He, he, don't, he don't do nothing wrong. My mama said, son, the mentality, you know, don't put yourself in a situation because he said, you know, you get behind them boys, they 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 all going to jump on your eyes. And I probably ain't going to get out because I'm going to get them back. <laughs> but so my mama said, you know, you got to let the revenge be the Lord. Now, you, now remember that. They catch the second person all the time. So tell me, how's your life been since you've been champing all that stuff? I tell no, me, really, how's life been? You know, let's say ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and up to now, how's life been? Life, life, always been great. Because the whole big thing is me displaying that I will forgive. Because that's all people ask me. How in the world you can forgive somebody? I say, everything that ever happened, at some point in time, I did it. I said, I might bit me. I said, now, I bit somebody, too. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you. Thank you. It just went on TV. You know, I bit somebody just went on TV. Did you really? Yeah. I bit a guy in the shoulder. He dropped me. And I didn't know when you had a concussion, you'll bite, too. The guy dropped me. And I got up. I got ready to swing. And he grabbed me. And I bit him right on the shoulder. Like this. And scrolls because. As you know, as soon as that might bit me, and and this that guy back then, you doing it for a trophy. We doing it for fifty million dollars. Yeah, okay? yeah, okay? yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, but but the same thing. You know what the guy said? The guy called me and said, "Do you remember when you bit me?" I said, "I sure did, bitch." I said, "You shouldn't have grabbed me." <laughs> I, 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 I dipped him right down. Oh, right there on the show. Did you take a chunk out? No, uh-uh. No. No, no. my people. No, listen, that's been like, um, um, this is so interesting, right? How many people have paid me money to take pictures biting their ear? Yeah. I recouped my $3 million I was penalized for. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, Mike. Yeah. That's, that's a crazy. Trip. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Why would you want me to take a picture biting your ear? That's just crazy. That's crazy. And they pay you for it. Two hundred fifty bucks. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's gotta it's like be two thousand people. <laughs> it's gotta be one of the most iconic moments in fighting. Do people take pictures. They want to bite your ear or anything. Well, well you know, they they asked. I said, No, nah, I don't. I said, I don't remember for that. You know, yeah. I forgave him. I said, Yeah, I forgave him. I love that. I think we're making some ears. You might be in business with. We're gonna make some holy ears. Some some uh, edibles. Uh, edible edibles. Ears that got a bite taken. A out little of ear with a bite, bite taken, taken out of it. Holy ears. We got to take a mold of your ear, Evander. Well, I can do that. All right. All right. Hell Get yeah. involved with us, Evander. yeah, brother. Be involved with us, brother. We flew out to Alabama to talk to the yeah. University of Alabama football team. Right? Well, Alabama, yeah, yep. And Mike gave it the best talk. Really, thanks, so? The best talk I've ever seen given to a football team, man. Literally, the best talk, most incredible, inspiring, epic talk. And at the end of it, they opened it up for questions, and one of the kids in there said, "Hey, man." Why'd you bite Evander's ear? No, he said, why'd you bite that dude's ear? Yeah, why'd you bite that <laughs> he dude's even, ear? He wasn't even born when I bit Evander's ear. I know, ear. this dude was probably born in like 90, 
90 or fuck. He was probably born in 2000, yeah. this kid. And Mike said, I didn't give a fuck. And it was like, oh my God. It was just nuts back then. But my life was crazy back then. It's amazing that you guys have just had this relationship, you know, and you, you know, watched each other fight and had a lot of respect for each other, I can tell. You know, and then you fought each other twice. Since amateurs, we've been watching each other fight. That's amazing. Yeah, That's amazing. Amateurs. And how does it feel now, man? How does it feel like having that legacy and just, you know, both of you as does champion it, does fighters? Does it feel like it ever happened? Does it feel like it was a blur to me? feel like it never, my whole career is boxing me and the kid learning from customers. It just disappeared. I mean, most of the people, like probably Evander, some of the guys I fought, you know, if I don't see them, like when Pernell died, that was like a piece of me died. I said, whoa. I remember him when I started boxing. I remember seeing him and just looking up to him. He was such an awesome boxer. Thing is, is that I always knew that Mike was special. Because I say, ain't no way in the world he don't did things that nobody ever done in life. I'm talking about for skin color and all. And so the things that Mike have done, ain't nobody ever done it in this world. So I know that he got a gift. It, you know, I'm like, it's almost like when I look at the Bible, I look at Paul. Now, Paul was killing everybody. <laughs> then when Paul switched up, and cause they knew how Paul was. And so the whole big thing, God used people who they mind is, they do what they say they're going to do. If Mike like you, he like you. If Mike don't like you, he don't like you. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all to it. Yeah. That's the whole art of life. As a person stable enough to know what they, what they like and what they don't like. I never have no problem with anybody who being the way they are. I can love you for who you are. Because it's the whole thing because that's what it is. Because mm. I think that's the whole success part of a relationship. Absolutely. That's so so good, man. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do with your life so far now on? Now well, on? Wait, my whole thing now, I'm just trying to get my my sons and daughters. I don't have any grandkids. No grandkids? Not yet. No. <laughs> so Looking but, forward to it? Well, I'm talking if, you know, I'm, I'm, I want some grandkids. No, no, but I, I ain't going to tell them because I want them to get them because I want them to know when I become a grandfather, they ain't getting nothing. It's going for the grandkids. Like this, cause this is what it was to me. So, I, you know, you you having grandkids, you, you having, when you're having kids, they're yours. You take care of them. So. It's amazing. I want grandkids. Before I get too old. Yeah. I want to see him at least a teenager before I die if I can talk to him and tell him shit what I did when I was your age. Yeah. You guys would both be some pretty epic grandfathers. Well, I'm, I'm going to be a... Because I... You know, my whole thing... I think I'm going to live to 120. I love it. So check this out, right? Since you're here. Um, so my son Miguel, right? Him and his friends, right? I come by the room one day and I scared them, so they're watching me fight him biting his ear. Oh my god! Yeah, really? I said, why? I said, why are you watching this fucking fight, man? Why are you watching? You're fucking sick. <laughs> this guy on the third round where I bit his ear. 
What they say? No, they're scared. Oh, no, they, no, it's they okay, were like ashamed that, yeah, that they yeah. were watching it. <laughs> it got caught and watching it. Yeah, you it. caught him. <laughs> oh my god, Mike, how do you feel having him in here, man? I feel about that's an interesting feeling. I'm mean, so happy that he's here and we can talk about this. I wanted to know how did like he was explaining that Mike don't know anybody. I was explaining why. How did he feel about me? He's talking all that fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know, fucking talking bullshit. I'm this and that. I'm gonna do this and that. it's like fucking wrestling. Now that I think about it, it was like fucking WWE. Yes, WWE. WWE. <laughs> you created that, dude. You created that mindset. Those characters. Let's just talk uh, shit before the yeah, fight. I always wonder how can you be so good and be so humble? I I couldn't keep it around me. Mm. I couldn't control my ego. Well, you know, I really didn't have one. Mm. My mama beat the ego out of me. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, energy. My mama, no, I'm telling was really like that he didn't have any. I'm telling you, yeah. fuck with him, do everything. Oh. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's so interesting. I'm like, my, my, my mama likes it. My mama was telling me, oh, same way you went up, same way you come in. You come right back down, them people. Like this, my mom, my mom would tell me that. Now she told me that before I even came good. She said, "But let me tell you something. Going up, then coming down, you are gonna come right back by them same people. Don't you embarrass nobody going up. Mm. <laughs> it's called coming. You coming? You see, son. You I learned that too. Yeah, learned that too. It's not how long you stay up there, but you coming down. You're not gonna be that person. Wow. You coming back down? You know, That's amazing. Do you miss that lifestyle? The championship lifestyle, the planes, the mansions, the boats and shit? No, no, you know what? I, I, you know, my life became great by the time I turned 17, 18, when I was able to work myself. Because once you start making your own money, you ain't got to worry about nobody giving you nothing. It's, that was freedom come. Oh, you know, I pay my own bills and all this and stuff. So, and you know, so. My mom was telling me, I said, how much money did you used to make? I used to make, make $8,000 a year. She said, okay. And you thought you were doing good, weren't you? I said, well, I was doing good compared to, uh, compared to something I was. And my mom said, now, he said, now $8,000 is the pocket change to you, right? I said, she said, yeah, see? She said, remember that. Remember the first time you thought you were doing well. That would let you know that, hey, if you save, that means that you're trying to help somebody else. You can only help somebody when you got more than enough. So if you ain't saving, you ain't planning on helping nobody else. So my mom always say, got to help somebody. What? God, dog, it ain't just for you, just, just you living good. Got to look out for somebody else. So as long as you're looking out for somebody else. They're going to come back to you. That's humility, you know. I give you all my money, too, but you got to tell me I'm great. You got to tell me I'm beautiful. You got to tell me I'm glorious. You can take all my money. You can stoke my ego. You can have it all. I'm a sucker. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's it's really incredible to see you two guys together and hear... You know, Evander, how you came up and how 
your mother was such a huge influence on your mindset. And then, you know, getting to know Mike, it's like you guys were yin and yang when you got in there. It's pretty amazing. It's really beautiful to see it you guys so have big, this relationship. Though. You know, you can't imagine that this stuff now wasn't as big as the. They made more money. And yeah, maybe more people saw it, but it was the. If you had the atmosphere from that event and the atmosphere from any other event passing that, it wouldn't. It couldn't compete. Yeah. Not even in the same atmosphere. They couldn't breathe. It's too high. The air is too thin where we were. Yeah. Only a select few can reach that level. Yeah. Yeah, man. Special. It's really special. Well, you know, when I when I look at it, I error was the best error. I thought, you know what? I said, Mike became the youngest heavyweight champ of the world. I said, now, I said, now, they know they cheated me out the fight when I fought this Russian, this the guy Valua. Is that the giant? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, they know I beat him. And I would been the old. I would been the oldest heavyweight champion in the world. So it, I would have broke. I would have broke George Foreman record. Yeah. I, so and so they said, "Why that was so important to you that you always mentioned?" I said, "Cause I wanted the people to understand the era that I was in. They had the youngest and the oldest two. The, the yeah. oldest part. I said, which, which you know, the Ali era that Mike broke it." And with George Foreman era, I broke it. I said, you know, it's, but they act like that didn't even happen. They they didn't say nothing. They know I won 11 out of 12 rounds of the fight. And you go like this, right? With our ego's perspective, even though you have, it's not for the youngest and the heavyweight champ to ever live. That's true, right? Yeah. For both, for the youngest and the oldest. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I don't know if there's any doubt about that. You guys are the greatest era of fighting. The world has ever seen. As of now, what I'm saying, you know, as of now, because you know, each generation get better. Right. Mike said that yesterday too. Mike was saying every generation gets better. But it was listen. In our era, this is something that you you, you probably won't ever. They'll never happen again. I don't know. Probably that I'm not God. Like, where people had crews, where it was just people on certain crew. This is his crew. This is my crew. Throughout the whole world. Yeah, yeah, the world. Yeah, and yeah. They're, they're bickering and they're betting and talking shit and fighting to all the world. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember I was a kid, when I was a kid, going to somebody's house for a party to watch your that second fight. And people were mind blown when it got stopped. It's going nuts, huh? People were nuts. People were nuts. It's you know, so I've never, I, I think... I guess the interesting thing to me is that even in in my family, there's a lot of people. For Mike, they, <laughs> they they sit there and they and they used to tell me, say, ah, see what's going to happen when you fight Mike. After after I'm because because it's like this. Everybody go on. People go on their lifestyle. Now, mm. when you get upset, you go off on people. Now, and my, my brothers and sisters like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now, we're now, ghetto people, man. We I'm talking, I'm talking ghetto like, people. I'm like, I'm talking, we got the same mom. And so, your know, my mama said, 
Shut the mouth. Shut the mouth. Now, so I shut my mouth. I was the only one that was just like this. And they would laugh. So they whole big thing was telling me, let's see what you fight, Mike. I thought, <laughs> this they were telling me. All right. Let's see what happens when you fight Mike. That's thought, so crazy. You know, so I ain't, I ain't said nothing. So, of course, when I fight Mike, I win. And so they, they see me and they go, you know, I was for you. <laughs> I said, I know what you told me. <laughs> I know what you told me. I remember. I remember. Like the song, I I, I don't get mad, but the point the point of the matter is that I realized this. That everybody know that yeah, Mike get ready to fight. Y'all y'all need to be quiet. Cause Holy gonna watch the TV when he he don't want nobody to say nothing. Because he him when I was young, I used to do that. I used to watch all the champions and the guys I was going to fight. I even go to their fights and just stare them down or their family down before the fight. It's just weird. You know what I mean? It's looking crazy before they fight because I'm going to have to fight them one day. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I tell my son, Hubak, I said, look, you go to fight. I said, you don't go be trying to free up with the guy. You go to fight to see and pick up what you can pick up on him. I said, you may be fighting him. Mm. I said I knew the guys that I wasn't gonna fight because they were too light. Mm. They ain't gonna come. They ain't gonna gain that much weight mm-hmm. like this. And I said, but a weight division behind me and a weight division up. I said that means that at any given time you may be able to fight. Mm. Told my son. I said I didn't talk much then. My mom said you giving up information and she trying to be friends with people, talk to people. I said. I would look at people like this, and they start thinking that I may be crazy because <laughs> yeah. I didn't say much. Yeah, I said, "Well, I said my mama told me not to say nothing. She's just, just look up. They, they mind or defeat themselves. Just don't say nothing." Evander, what do you do these days, man? Yeah, what do you do, dude? I was, you know, <laughs> but I'm, I, I got some some business deals that going around that. Looking good, so I'm just hoping that they pan out, you know. So you know, you know, I don't want to say nothing before time. Don't want to jinx it. Don't jinx. It. But it's not, you know. I, you know, somebody used to tell me that jinx it, but it's not by jinxing. It's about knowing when to speak and knowing when not to speak. You know, because you tell somebody your stuff, then they go trying to get in it too. So you know, I think that you keep your guard up all the time. No, 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 no. I'm just like it's just like you. You got a good situation. You you got this this ranch. This what's working for you. His family gonna prosper because he don't set something up for them. And so I'm pretty much doing the same thing. But yours are already happening. Mine ain't yet happening. It's just like you became the heavyweight champion before I did. And I'm like, it's not like I. I believe I'm going to be the heavyweight champion of the world because you became the heavyweight champion of the world. Because I'm like saying, if he can do it, I can do it. And so that's it. Learning from the person who went ahead of your dad, where that you can make some, some, you can make some, you can make some things happen and that they didn't make happen because you learned from them. So it's not who go first. Everybody going to get the opportunity if they don't quit. Yeah. I'm so, you know, I, yeah. I, I know yeah. I, I'm not yeah. going to quit. Yes, I believe that. Yes, yes. Don't quit. Don't That's quit. Awesome. You know how many people quit every day? 
lot. Give up, man. Just put a needle in on me. Get me kill himself. I can't take this shit no more. A lot. Not going my way. Can't take any more of this pain and suffering of not achieving my goals. Hmm. Yeah. It's awesome to have you guys in here to share this, share the knowledge and share your experience. Well, hey, Evander, Mr. Holyfield, champ, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the time. All right. It's amazing, amazing to have you in here. Is there anywhere people can find you yeah. and follow you? I, well, you, got, you got one of these things. What, what is it? Instagram. The podcast, Instagram. Not Twitter. yet. Twitter. Uh, you know. <laughs> no, we got to get him. Who's your guy, man? You got, who came here with you? Get him a Twitter you know, and an Instagram. Uh, uh, we'll get you an Instagram or Twitter. Well, I, do, I do got Instagram, but I don't you know what it Twitter. is. I don't know what it is either. I Evander think it's Evander. Evander, I'm the same way. I was like lost. What the fuck is the Twitter? How do they see me? Let me look at my Twitter. What's happening on my I don't know. I don't know how many followers I got, but they told me I need to have this. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I don't know who's on my Twitter. I don't know who's following me, who am I following, but they said I need to have this in order to get some money and get successful. That's what they told me, a fucking Twitter account for success. I know, it's ridiculous. A success man. for me is just running 10 miles. Yeah. Yeah. You talking about a fucking Twitter account? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> well, I'm sure everybody can find Evander oh, Holyfield on there. Um, so great to have you. Thank you. And, and I want to thank say something so else. I know we old, but this motherfucker won't quit. He won't give up. It's Never. hard to beat somebody that won't fucking give up. Absolutely. Fuck. You guys don't give up, nigga. It's awesome. It's You're awesome. I'm supposed to. Yeah, That's I hear right. that, nigga. You, you, Never quit. Competitive fucker. Never quit, man. Fuck. Mike, awesome. Awesome episode. I liked it. This is beautiful. Beautiful episode. All right, everybody. Well, we got to wrap this thing up. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Hot Boxing with Mike Tyson. Check out our website, hotboxingpodcast.com. Until next time, I'm Evan Britton. I'm Mike Tyson. Eben Holyfield. Real deal in the building. Peace, everybody. One. Hi, this is Danny Roof, the Real GM Radio Podcast, and I want to take a minute to talk about DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick of the 2018 draft. Definitely has not gotten the attention of high-profile lottery picks Luka Doncic and Trey Young during the early going, but he has been excellent and a key part of the Phoenix Suns being on the precipice of the NBA Finals. Ayton is presenting a matchup nightmare for the LA Clippers that Rudy Gobert simply was not. Gobert is a wonderful player, deserving Defensive Player of the Year, but Ayton puts more pressure on opposing defenses. He's used his size mismatches for offensive rebounds, and he's also been able to contest shots around the basket and make life hard on the Clippers there too. So it is a huge performance for him, averaging 20 points, 13 and a half rebounds through the first four games of the series. And it's been so exciting to see a physically talented player really come into his own on the brightest stage so far of his career. Hi, this is Daniel Rue from the Real GM Radio Podcast. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now on the pro basketball, hockey playoffs, and Major League Baseball season. BetOnline.net has all the action. Basketball, the playoff battles continue as their teams make the run for the championship. America's pastime is in full swing. 
And let's not forget about hockey's chase for the cup. Bet Online has you covered. If you love golf, MMA, championship boxing, they have that too. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports, the news, scores, and odds. So head to the website, use your mobile device, and bring home the game with betonline.net. 